Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Big Boss Book Club. Hello and welcome to the Big Boss Book Club. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, we'll get rid of the housekeeping first. So, uh, Big Boss Book Club on Instagram, uh, Big Boss Zero One Zero on Twitter. Um, again, thank you very much for joining me. This week, I'm going to be looking at essentially LCG co-op games. Um, so we'll start off with a little bit of a story really. So I first got into LCGs with uh, Game of Thrones, which if you've listened to season one, um, especially the Game of Thrones episode, I go into really in terms of LCGs, how they operate and what really sort of pulled me in. Um, with the, I've really enjoyed the model of LCGs essentially. I like the idea of that core set um, demo I guess where, where, okay it's an expensive demo <laughs> but it's uh, pretty much a, a demo for the game's um, uh, play style and structure and then you can decide if you want to really invest and, and purchase more core sets to, to to get the full experience of the game um, one thing I enjoyed about the LCG format was in a competitive sense I think it tests a player's skill more than their bank balance which I think is a danger that trading card games have where you can turn up to a tournament and if somebody has a great credit card balance or really really good uh, really ha um, happy to spend the cash mum and dad they can get far in a competitive uh, environment in an LCG environment that just isn't the case you if you have the all the packs, which more than likely you will have if you're competing in an LCG tournament, you you have access to every card that everybody else does. So at the end of the day, it, there's a little bit of luck in it, but it's 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 the player who really wins at the end of it, not so much the the deck itself. So I always felt that that was better. You know, I, I'm not a, a rich person by any means, so going into a TCG event. Um, and you start seeing all these big expensive cards thrown around and you're there with a definitely a budget build, um, you know you, you're just not going to have a great time. Co-op LCGs even remove that further. So the co-op LCGs are... I mean, don't have that problem at all. They, they completely remove the competitive edge from, from deck building. Um, they I think they give you a lot more in terms of creative freedom. So enables you to, especially in sort of um, multi-man games, and especially in my situation where I have all the cards. For for example, Arkham Horror, where I build the decks for 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 the the play group, you know, and I upgrade them and I spend the experience points. The guys trust me enough to say, "We know what you're you know what you're doing." So you go ahead and just do it. Um, so it gives for me, I feel a lot more creative freedom in terms of deck building. I can build decks that are a little bit more focused on what I want them to do. They're they're able to bounce off each other, whether that is our clue gatherer if I want to do something cool with that, or or maybe our fighter. It gives me a really good open field to uh, throw around some cool ideas, and that's I think really one of the fun things about the cooperative LCGs. Um. Also, I think if you're when you're going into a competitive environment, you need to look think about what the meta is. You don't necessarily have to do that in a in a co-op game where you know you're going up against a scenario. That scenario isn't going to change. Doesn't you know things may happen differently while playing the scenario, but the actual story in terms of and what cards are in the scenario will will always be the same. Things like doom thresholds, etc. Um, at least that's my take on it. 
may have a different <laughs> you may have a different perspective um i'm not putting myself as an expert in any way shape or form um but I, yeah like arkham horror has been really exhilarating in terms of a deck building experience compared to any other the trading card games I've played, even Yu-Gi-Oh, where I've, I've built so many decks over the course of, of my time playing that game. But what I really wanted to do this episode was really go into um, one specific living card game, which is actually the Lord of the Rings card game. So recently, Lord of the Rings, the card game, celebrated its 10th anniversary. There was a, a big hoo-ha on Fantasy Flight Games. They did like you know they they did a, a like a Instagram video where well they released it on Instagram anyway with um, the some of the designers so people like uh, Nate French Andrew Newman they were all involved in in sort of uh, the the Lord of the Rings card games so they were all interviewed you know asked questions and stuff like that talk about the time on the game. Um, on a random note, I would like to say I I did feel a little bit disappointed in terms of what was done for the tenth anniversary. So that video. And they released like a 10th anniversary like achievement list. Um, considering a game that's 10 years old and seems to still have quite a big following, that does feel a little lackluster. And from when I've sort of read sort of things online and I've, I've watched YouTube videos and listened to podcasts, it, it does seem to be the consensus that it was a little bit uh, lackluster. People, I think, were expecting maybe some, some print-and-play promos or... Or maybe like a, a print and play scenario, or hell, even actually a released physical scenario. That would have been pretty cool. Um, I'm going to fall back into the season one format just a little bit for this episode. Um, not fully, but uh, I'm going to talk about sort of the, the Lord of Rings, how I got into it, um, my sort of thoughts on how the game is played. And then what I would like to do then is really compare it to the games that came after it. So Arkham Horror and Marvel Champions are probably the effects, no, the after effects, the results of the success of, of Lord of the Rings. The The game was really successful. They felt that the format could continue. Uh, MJ Newman, again, worked on Lord of the Rings, so um, she took that and, and rolled with it and turned it into, uh, took snippets of it and made it into Arkham Horror. Although very different games, there's a lot of elements that are shared. And I just want to sort of talk about it and go into the comparisons and my thoughts on them. We'll go for a little bit of a break. A pretty big intro there. Um, we'll come back, we'll talk about how I got into the game. And then, sort of again, a sort of season one when we'll talk about how to sort of play the game. Not go into too much detail, just a brief overview. I'm as much as people, <laughs> a few people have said I'm like a walking rule book for games. Um, I'm not a walking rule book. I get so many things wrong, it's unreal. But um, we'll come back, we'll talk a little bit then about how to play, and then we'll go into the bulk of the arc of the, uh, the episode, which is going to be sort of those comparisons to Arkham Horror, Marvel Champions, and sort of it's how it sort of sits in terms of uh, the LCG. Um, so we'll go for a break and we'll be right back. Welcome back. So yeah, we're just going to talk about the cooperative LCGs, uh, focusing really on Lord of the Rings, the card game. So how did I get into the game? Um, very simple. I it was the tenth anniversary announcement. Um, I saw the announcement. I thought, oh, that's that's pretty cool. It's a game that's been going ten years. Fair play to it. A cooperative game as well, not even like a competitive game. I mean, ten years is small fish for things like Pokemon, Yu-Gi, Magic: The Gathering, which 
trading card games, but for living card games, I do feel like, and cooperative at best, it, it, 10 years is quite a good time. Good innings, as they'd say. Um, I did want to have a look at it. Um, like I said, I enjoyed the movies. Wanted the experience of getting into it. I will point out I've never read the books. Um, and in fact, the day of recording this is actually when I've watched the last of the Hobbit movies. So, yeah, it's taken me a bit to get on, get, get on them. Um, essentially, I watched the Instagram video that Fantasy Flight Games released where they did the interviews with like Nate French and MJ Newman and sort of learned about the, her involvement in the game. Um, so anyone who's listened to the Arkham Horror and anyone who's even listened to the epilogue episode will, will know that when we did when they did the video for Black Widow, for Marvel Champions, uh, MJ was in the video, and it sort of got round to her, and and oh, I guess him at the time, but when it got round to her, um, she was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm part of the development team for 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 Black Widow," and I when the list of sort of who was coming out for for Marvel Champions was sort of spoiled, Black Widow was definitely not on a list of people I was planning on picking up, but actually I was like, "Oh, MJ's involved." Okay, I'm buying it, and I bu- and I bought it <laughs> based solely on the fact that MJ was involved in the design. So you know, bit of a marker. My love for Arkham Horror is that deep that you, you will follow the the designers. It's like Jim Lee for comics. If I see Jim Lee as the artist, I'll generally have a look at it because I think Jim Lee's probably one of my favourite artists in terms of of comic books. Um, but essentially, picked up the core set. I got it pretty cheap off eBay. I think it was around, maybe around twenty quid. Um, I, Played the corset experience, just one corset. I played as the the leadership faction. We'll go into that in a little bit. Um, simply so I could play as Aragorn. Just tried the very first scenario on super easy mode. Again, go into that in a little bit. Um, quite enjoyed the mechanics and how the game itself played. So I, I decided I would I would maybe chip in and have a look at some other stuff. Since then, <laughs> I've bought the. Actual Fellowship of the Rings boxes, which are called the Darker Road and uh, the Black Riders. I've bought three of the actual scenario packs, which is the, the Dead Marshes, um, Steward's Fear, and Celebrimbor Secret. I really hope I've pronounced that properly. Um, mainly to get certain or specific cards that are in those packs. What I, I saw a deck list online, because with, with sort of games like this, when I'm just getting into it, I don't really know the cards. It's it's always good to have a look online and try and find decks that other people have built to try and give you an idea of maybe like theme and structure. Um, so I, I looked up online, I found a really cool deck that had Boromir in it. Big Boromir fan. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to sort of pick up a lot of the cards for that deck list, at least just to give me a feel for, for how the game goes. Once I do that, I can do what I started doing. I, I, when I played Arkham for the first time, I used the decks that were in the... The learn to play guide and then eventually started just building my own um, and the same would be essentially for Lord of the Rings but with a limited, more limited card pool um, in terms of the game like I say I've bought quite a few bits now um, but again I, I, once I've given the, the every faction a try and sort of got a feel for how I want to play more consistently moving forward I'll, I'm going to start I'm going to build a deck to play in the Lord of the Rings actual fellowship campaign um, i'm hoping to pick up the two towers and turn of the king expansions as well and, and play the whole thing quite looking forward to doing that hopefully um, in terms of so like i said uh, boromir quick side rant i uh, really enjoy boromir in the films like i said i've not read the books um, i have only seen the films but sean bean as boromir is awesome um, 
I've always said if it, the way I want to die is I want to die fighting Yurikai, um, just hacking away at them with like 20 arrows in me, uh, saving hobbits. If you're going to die, you might as well die that way, haven't you? You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> probably not going to happen, but, but that's the way I want to go out. Um, yeah, so that's really how I got into the game. Um, you know, just seeing that notification and, and going, wow, this, you know, 10 years, it deserves probably a look at. Um, like I said, I've managed to pick up the, an extra core set and those other packs. So I've got a, a nice uh, building collection. Um, mainly only solo play at the moment. Not had an opportunity when recording this to play with my, my mates. But I have had a few solo games and again, really enjoying it. Um, I really want to play through that fellowship cycle. Um, I'm really looking at maybe doing like a Hobbit themed deck because I know the hero, the heroes you get with the, with the, um, uh, with that fellowship cycle of the hobbits and i do quite like the idea of playing as them and then i want to play as boromir and just kill people because it's awesome um so yeah so we'll go for a quick break uh we'll come back we'll talk about how to play the game um again not going to go into too much detail i'm not a walking rule book we'll go into sort of the the basic premise what you sort of have to do from start through to finish and then we'll we'll jump into sort of the main uh, bulk of the art of the episode which will be the comparisons between um, lord of the rings arkham horror marvel champions and how they sort of all fall into the same category what differences there are what similarities there are and sort of my overall feel on the game and so we'll be right back welcome back so again we're going to jump straight in and talk about how to play lord of the rings the card game again not that this is going to be unbelievably bare in terms of instruction we're not going to go into each step or anything like that just going to go brief overview um again i'm not a walking rule book um in fact, every time I've played this game, I've pretty much had the rule book to hand to go through each step individually, as it says in the rule book. So, yeah. Um, so essentially, you start the game with one to three of your selected heroes. Um, there are multiple factions to choose from when you're selecting your heroes. Four factions, in fact: uh, law, spirit, tactics, and leadership. Each of these factions have their own strengths and weaknesses. In fact, just from the names, you can probably get a feel for for what they're going to be like. Tactics is pretty much straight up fighting. Um, leadership has a little bit of kind of everything. Um, spirit is very much about your questing. So in Arkham it would be your, your clue gatherers. And then lore is very much support. Um, you have a scenario that you play. Again, very similar to Arkham or even Marvel Champions where you get that villain scenario. You just don't necessarily have to worry about a main villain. Each turn, each of your heroes gains a resource and that goes to that hero's resource pool. You can spend resources from that particular hero on neutral cards or cards of their specific faction. So as I mentioned, there's four. So if you have three different heroes from three different factions, you, you're going to be finding yourself a little bit behind in terms of resource, but that's a whole different conversation. So for example, if you had three cost one cards in your hand, one from each faction, if each of your characters has one here uh, one resource you could spend the resource and, and pay it um each turn you quest so you have like what's called the staging area where your which essentially tries to hinder your progress in the quest and you have the encounter deck again very similar to sort of arkham horror marvel champions that throws out new and awful ways of, of slowing you down and beating you up the also gets combat with um, various monsters, very similar in style to Marvel Champions. The combat in this game 
um, essentially you win by completing the quest. So almost like Arkham Horror where you have to beat the act deck before the agenda deck. In this you have to complete the quest deck before your threat is raised to 50 or you're killed by enemies. So threat essentially is what you start the game with depending on the threat level of your heroes. So you know your more um, better heroes have a higher threat level because of that start off with a higher level of threat so when I looked for example at the hobbits when I was looking at potentially a hobbit deck I think the starting threat in that is 20 which is which is quite nice um, the starting leadership deck which is just the leadership cards and uh, the three leadership heroes I think that starts with like 29 so you know the differences there are, are pretty big every turn essentially you gain a threat regardless of what happens gain at least one threat a turn so the higher your threat is the closer you are to getting to 50 the more likely you are to, to lose um, again it's not a brief thing there the bad guys will if when they come over from the encounter deck they go into the staging area they will engage you if their threat level is lower than your threat level so keeping your threat level low is pretty pretty key to avoiding some bad guys um, but there are times when because those bad guys Anything in the staging area has like a has like a value that you test against when you're going to quest. And if the the staging area beats you on the quest, you you lose. You, well, you gain threat. So again, it, not going into too much detail, but it's very well put together how the stuff in the staging area can just sit there for a lot of the game, but it doesn't benefit you to let it sit there. You really need to be plowing through it while questing. Uh, the questing thing also isn't a, a choice, you have to quest every turn, so there's not like a thing where you're like, well actually, you know, I don't really need to quest this turn, because I can, uh, I can, um, you know, I need to fight these enemies, so I need to have all my guys ready to fight, but actually if you don't quest, you can get a lot of threat thrown at you, <laughs> which can potentially cause you to lose the game, so a lot of things to think about. Again, not too detailed um, walkthrough. I could probably go through a more detailed walkthrough, but it would take time. If you've already played the game, you know it. If you haven't played the game, I'm hoping the story will bring you in. <laughs> um, so that's really it. I mean, the game does have a lot of things to think about. So, like, again, those questing, then you have to have sort of your engagement phase where you're attacking and defending. Um, there's a lot of things to think about, a lot of things to think about where you're playing through each turn, which is quite nice. Um, Sometimes that isn't necessarily that thought process in like games like Arkham Horror, where essentially you can you can you just have your three actions and you need to just use your three actions. In this, you really don't have a limit other than what you can spend money on. Very similar to Marvel Champions, where you just have you know you can only play up to so many cards because you can only generate that many resources a turn. Um, Essentially, yeah, with your entire group of heroes gets killed, though, you lose. If you get to 50 threat, you lose. Very similar sort of style, I guess, to Doom in Arkham Horror. Or even Scheming in um, um, Marvel Champions. So that's pretty much it. I think that's all we'll go into in terms of the, the how to play. Um, probably already getting that vibe of Arkham Horror, where you're trying to work through a story. Um, and stuff is happening to stop you. Um, the bad guy deck, that proverbial encounter deck, is trying its best to, to slow you down and, and keep you at bay. Um, so we'll go for another break and we'll come back and we'll get into actually the bulk topic of this uh, this episode, which is just the comparisons really between Arkham Horror, Marvel Champions, to Lord of the Rings. I think there are a lot of similarities, 
but there are a lot of differences. And then it's almost like a little bit of a, a comparison for what the, the big differences are between all of them. Uh, so we'll be right back. And welcome back. Thank you for joining me. Um, we'll do a little bit more housekeeping just to remind you. Uh, Big Boss Book Club on Instagram. Big Boss 010 on Twitter. Um, again, thank you so much for joining me. We're talking about essentially Lord of the Rings card game. We're doing a sort of comparison between Lord of the Rings and what really came from Lord of the Rings, which is Arkham Horror and Marvel Champions, who are the other sort of uh, cooperative living card games produced by Fantasy Flight Games. What we're going to look into really first is, is Arkham Horror and the comparison there. So I feel both these games are, are cooperative, they're both living card games, so there's already that element there that they share, and the same will be for Marvel Champions as well. Um, with Arkham Horror though, there is that very strong link because MJ Newman was involved in both. MJ Newman's lead design on Arkham Horror, but was part of the design team for the sort of some of the parts of Lord of the Rings. And you can definitely feel that in the way the game plays um the very story driven so there's a lot of story in lord of the rings as there is a lot of story in arkham horror probably a little bit more in arkham horror between things like the interludes flashbacks um uh, epilogues prologues there's a lot of story in arkham so i think it takes that lord of the rings um story driven gaming and really goes pro with it and sort of takes it to the next level. There are a few things that do almost cross over, so locations feature quite heavily in Arkham Horror. Essentially, you use the locations to build your, your board, I guess, or map. You do see locations in Lord of the Rings. They do work slightly differently, so they're almost a buffer for the quest deck, where you, when you travel to a new place, you need to quest there before you can go back to questing the main deck. So it works very differently, although they do come out and you do see play and they do can kind of build like a map. You just don't travel through it the way you travel through Lord of, in, in Arkham Horror. In fact, I feel the the maneuverability through Arkham Horror is probably a little bit more, a little bit more smoother. Where Lord of the Rings, you can travel to a location and you have to stay in that location really until you can um, quest it to completion and, and discard it where you don't have to do that in Harkham. If you clear a room, you don't have to clear a room of clues before you can move, generally. There are a couple of scenarios that force you to do it, like the Essex County Express, for example. But generally, you you, you can just keep moving. Um, characters do feel a little more involved in Lord of the Rings. And what I mean by that is, in Arkham, you sort of sit with your character in front of you, and you just really use it for reference. You have a little mini card that you move around the board, map, whatever you want to call it. But actually, your character is really just a static, like, um, stat line and ability. You, with Lord of the Rings, you actually play as characters that are more involved in the game. So you're exhausting them to do stuff, and you're using abilities on them cards, and... There's more interaction with the game itself with your characters, if that makes sense. I hope it does. Um, where with, like I said, with Arkham Horror, it's almost like you just keep it there for references. 
for reference purposes only if you draw a particular token or if you're doing a test you have your, your stat line and um, just to sort of measure how much health and sanity you've got where yeah the characters they have their own stats and they, they work in the game they're an active part of the game so they quest, they fight, they yeah, I, I they defend. It's I feel it's a lot more interactive with the characters. The fantasy setting's very similar, so the fantasy setting is there. So obviously with Lord of the Rings it's a little bit more family friendly. I know there's monsters and stuff, but it's it's always been very um wizards and hobbits and elves, not uh evil cultists and Cthulhu and Deep Ones and stuff like that that you get in the, the HP Lovecraft horror fantasy world or, or mythos as it's called um, the campaign thing I think here is where you get the big big noticeable um, comparisons so Arkham Horror have really expanded on that campaign style um, that really started with Lord of the Rings yeah, so in in Lord of the Rings, it's um, it's a bit different. It's more of a point scoring system. So when you finished your scenario, you tally up your victory display. There's a lot of other things you work out, like how many turns it's taking you and stuff like that, and you build up points for stuff that you've done in the game. I guess like an achievements list, similar. And then that at the end of the campaign, you you have a score. And then obviously you work to try and beat that score and things like that. It's very different in Arkham Horror. So in Arkham Horror, really, it's just a you win or you lose. You don't really get that points system, I guess. But on the flip side of that, you gain experience while playing Arkham Horror. So you get a more role-playing experience where you're upgrading yourself as you go through the campaign. So by the time you're in the last scenario of the campaign, you are generally a lot harder, <laughs> a lot tougher than you were at the start of that campaign. But then at the end of it, you either win or you lose. You don't get that. Well, we, we scored... I don't know, 58 points playing this campaign, and that's a new high score. You don't get that high score feel or potential. You just get the, oh, we've won. Which, you know, which isn't bad. It's not, you know, it's still not a bad thing if you're able to say, well, I beat the campaign, you know, when I did this really cool score. And, um, you know, you do get some cards while playing the campaigns, like we call boom cards, where they are, you know, additional cards that you add to your deck for the campaign, and you unlock them as you go through, but they're not the same, it's not like you don't gain experience to buy them, you only get them if you meet a certain criteria within the scenarios. So I'm not really sure, really, which one of them I would prefer. <laughs> um... I do quite like the idea of being like, oh man, I played through this scenario and uh, this campaign and the first time I got 58, but this time I played it and I got 72. You know, that high score, beat that high score mentality. Um, but I do really like the Arkham Horror. Well, by the time I get to that last scenario, I'm going to be hard as nails and I'm going to be just just smashing bad guys and passing tests. And I, I do kind of like that. It's almost like... Um, to go back to a comparison to Resident Evil 7, when I mentioned in the episode, when it got to that last part of the game, 
my only real concern was how am I going to carry all these guns. I had absolutely zero problem. And that's kind of how it feels. Even when you're playing like Final Fantasy, as you're going through the game, you're equipping better armor, you're equipping better weapons, you're getting more summons. And by the time you get to that sort of end boss, you are like, okay, let's let's do this, bro. You know, kind of deal. Um, Lord of the Rings doesn't really operate that way. You, you, you're merely just trying to beat a high score based on based on you even though the difficulties in the scenarios are going up because each scenario has like a difficulty number each you, you're really it's just based off your deck and what you've put in it so it, it, it does work a lot differently in terms of the the campaign feel but i do feel that lord of the rings set the tone and set the style for campaign play in living card games um and Arkham Horror jumped straight in from, from the core box and said, okay, we're a campaign, let's go, let's do this. They do the standalones, which so does Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings have done standalone scenarios where you just jump in and play. But again, they are just scenarios. They, they you know give you points for, for doing the, the mission, but doesn't really impact in terms of, say, ongoing play. So that RPG style of gaining experience, you don't when you've played a scenario you just in Lord of the Rings you've completed it note down what your score was and move on in Arkham you go oh I got 12 experience I can put 12 experience worth of additional cards in my deck and in the next next scenario I'm going to be hard as nails and I, I don't know which which version I prefer I think I, I don't know I think I'm leaning towards Arkham Horror <laughs> uh, which doesn't surprise me but it, it's very different but again very the same as well so um, that was really my comparisons between Lord of the Rings and Arkham. I feel overall Arkham has finely tuned campaign play and has expanded and built on the foundations that Lord of the Rings built for campaign play. It's just decided to go in a more RPG style experience rather than a almost arcade game style of play where you're just trying to beat that high score um i wasn't going to but i think we will just go for a quick break we'll come back in and we'll actually just talk about marvel champions and then just the big differences between them all um really the things that really stand out uh, to me anyway um marvel champions play has a little bit more in common more than differences uh, but there are those little subtle changes and I, I think they're quite good um but we'll go for a quick break we'll, we'll jump back in and we'll we'll have a chat about that And welcome back. Okay, so we're going to talk about how Lord of the Rings compares to Marvel Champions. So Marvel Champions is probably the newer of the co-op living card games. Um, again, still produced by Fantasy Flight Games. We've, we've, we talked about it in the epilogue episode of uh, Season 1. So the ongoing co-op theme is still, is still there. Um, the game is very similar to Lord of the Rings in a sense of you're playing with those characters. So as I mentioned briefly with, with Arkham Horror, it's almost like the Arkham Horror character is more just like your, almost like a reference card for yourself. It do, You don't really use it for anything other than sort of referencing your stats or your your health or maybe a, a reaction if you're pulling like the Elder Symbol and stuff. It's not as involved in the game. So Lord of the Rings and Arkham Horror are more akin like that. Simply because you you use your characters, 
in Lord of the Rings to do stuff. So you use them to attack, you use them to defend, you're actively moving the card um, to then quest as well. Marvel Champions has something slightly similar, is thwarting. So you move your character if you want. So they ha your characters have a thwart value, an attack and a defense, which you use actively and have your, your card involved in the actual game. It's not just used as like a point of reference. Um, they, ha they have expanded on that with Marvel uh, Champions solely because they have the, the alter ego side and then the hero side. Um, so once per turn you can flip over and each side has its own separate separate things that it can do. Um, but if you keep it in terms of heroes, the hero of Lord of the Rings can attack, defend, uh, quest, have an, generally have an ability of some kind, have hit points, which is the same as the hero side of, of Marvel Champions character cards. Um, like I said, so it really does make them feel a lot closer. Um and yeah, I mean the stats are used slightly differently. Um, thwarting is to essentially stop your the the bad guy scheming, where questing allows you to progress through the story. A lot of the gameplay styles are very similar. So um, the villain in Marvel uh, Champions, the main villain, will boost whenever he attacks or schemes. So he'll flip a card from the encounter deck over and there'll be symbols there that will increase his power. Something very similar happens in Lord of the Rings with the shadow cards where you take the top card of the encounter deck, put it underneath an enemy, and when it is attacking, you flip that card and sometimes it has abilities, sometimes it doesn't. It's, it's a toss of the coin. So again, very, very similar in terms of, of uh, how the enemies work. Um, the villain scenario is probably closer to a Lord of the Rings scenario than an Arkham Horror Act scenario, if that makes sense. So the Lord of the Rings have that scenario that you need to work through where the villain in Marvel Champions has that scheme deck, that sort of... Uh, the the actual sort of scenario deck that that builds up its its scheme value, so it's, it's almost like the opposite. So you're trying to get through the scenario deck in Lord of the Rings, where Marvel Champions the villain is trying to get through the scenario deck. Um, so similar, similar but different is how I'll put it. Um, the campaign mode, I think, is really that's more comparable. So the campaign mode in Marvel Champions is pretty much very similar in terms of how it's run. So you don't get experience points in, in Marvel Champions, same as Lord of the Rings. Really, you when you do the campaign, it's more of a point scoring exercise, more of a did we win. Um, you do get those boom cards, which is something that's been stolen pretty much straight from Lord of the Rings, where when you complete certain stories you can be entitled to certain upgrade cards that the campaign will provide you. There's only really the two campaigns at the moment, the Guardians of the Galaxy um, Most Wanted one and the Rise of the Red Skull. I really like the... Uh, as soon as I saw that the, the first big sort of expansion box was Red Skull, I was like, oh, they got me again. Um, I'm not going to buy any more, guys. not going to buy any more. going to... Uh, Call it with just the heroes I've got. Oh, the next big expansion is Red Skull. Ah, oh, okay. I guess I'm guess I'm sticking around. Luckily, after that, they announced uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which wasn't something I wanted to get into. So I've pretty much given this the Guardian cycle a, a complete miss. Um, I'll probably see what what's coming up. Um, I know that they've announced the Thanos box, uh, which I'll probably pick up. 
but in terms of what heroes are coming um, there's very few Marvel heroes now I'm that interested in um, hopefully they'll release the Punisher um, I don't think they've released Venom as a good guy I know they've released Agent Venom or they're releasing Agent Venom which is Flash Thompson's version but the Eddie Brock version I don't know if they'd release him as a hero or a villain but hmm, we'll see but anyway um, in terms of sort of like yeah the Marvel Champions the campaigns a lot more closer to Lord of the Rings than Arkham Horror um, again that's sort of because there's no upgrades you're just playing through a continuous story it's, it's quite quite nice to say I, I feel there's a lot more in common than there is really different the differences that are there are pretty subtle. Like I said, the encounter decks work slightly different. Um, the scenario decks work slightly differently. In Lord of the Rings, you're trying to work through them, where in Marvel Champions, you're trying to stop the bad guy from working through them. But it's almost just like they've gone, well, how can we make it the opposite? And that's that's the opposite, isn't it? Um, I don't know if that's the intent or not. It may have just be a, a lucky coincidence. But yeah, um, you don't get that RPG experience like Arkham Horror in Marvel Champions. So again, it kind of matches a lot more with Lord of the Rings, where you're not getting a roleplay experience. You're you're playing as three heroes, and and that's kind of it. Just with Marvel Champions, you're only really playing as one. It'd be interesting at some point if they did do some kind of deck where you could play as multiple heroes. There's probably a format for that, I would imagine. Maybe somewhere. Um, but the resources aren't played the same. So in Lord of the Rings, you get a resource every turn on each of your heroes, and you can spend them to play cards of that hero's type, so tactics, lore, etc. Um, Marvel Champions has a similar sort of feel. You get the different factions, which is protection, leadership, justice, and aggression. Um, so again, very, very similar. You've got these, these defined roles, in Marvel Champions, though, you only select one, unless, of course, you're Spider-Woman, but that's a whole different conversation. Um, you pick one of those factions, so you can grab any hero, and they can fit any of the factions. So that is that is something that is unique to Marvel Champions in comparison to even Arkham Horror, where Arkham Horror gives you deck-building requirements. Um, the Lord of the Rings, depending really on what heroes you're playing, determines what cards you're playing in your deck. So if you're playing three tactics heroes, you're not going to play any lore cards in your deck because you're not going to be able to play them. Where... Um, if you have, say, a law hero, a leadership hero, and a tactics hero, you can play all three factions in your deck. You just might be a little bit restricted on when you can play those cards because your hero needs to have the resources to do it. Marvel Champions, you select one faction, but you can pick any faction with any hero. You're not a defined role for every hero. So you can play uh, Captain America. You can play him any faction. Justice, protection, um, leadership, or aggression um i personally play in uh, leadership myself i like spamming uh, allies to the field i think it's fun um and then you play pay for cards by discarding cards uh, very similar to actually how flesh and blood is played the trading card game and um, where you discard you pitch cards which each have its own individual like um, resource token or value which you can pitch and play a card with those resources. Um, there are abilities on the cards for using specific resources. That isn't something that you see in Lord of the Rings. 
doesn't really match up because you're you're gaining money from your from your hero um, but in marvel champions you pitch you can pitch certain um types of resources and they will give you certain abilities on certain cards but generally any resource pays for any card which is quite nice um i go briefly back to arkham horror actually yeah so with deck building you do see a little bit more of a restriction because the arkham horror guys can only pack certain cards they you know depending on your investigator you can only pack x x different cards x number of cards where the um lord of the rings and marvel champions are a little bit a little bit more um got a little bit more variety you can choose any faction in marvel and you're you can choose faction dependent on your hero in Lord of the Rings. So I think that really covers the difference really for Marvel Champions. Um, I know we did talk a little bit there about uh, go back a bit to Arkham Horror as well. Um, again, I think that's really the biggest difference between these games is is the deck building. Um, each one is very, very unique in comparison to the other, even though there are similarities that are there. Like I said, the characters mainly for champions and, and lord of the rings so that's pretty much it in terms of of sort of that comparison the marvel champions game is really great i've i've really enjoyed playing it since it came out um again very actually getting into it was very similar to lord of the rings where it was kind of like okay i'm not going to get into it and then there's certain announcements made and i was like oh okay i guess i'll get into it then so yeah um i probably got into uh, marvel the same way i got into um the same way I got into Lord of the Rings. Um, okay, so I think that's going to do for this part. We'll go for another quick musical interlude. Uh, we'll come back and we'll get this episode shut down. Uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back. So, yeah, that's really it for the for the episode this week. Um, the differences between the, the three games are, are massive, but very small. <laughs> um, I think the probably more differences there are between Arkham Horror and the other two games, especially in terms of campaign play. But I think one of the things is Lord of the Rings and, and Marvel Champions have this sort of big fantasy feel where Arkham Horror is more of a role-playing experience. So you are taking on these characters and almost bringing a D&D style um, into the card games. So... Like D&D, you'd have your notepad and you'd be making notes about your hero. In Arkham, you simply have cards that represent those upgrades, represent that experience. Um, and I think that's pretty cool. Um, Lord of the Rings, though, really happy to be getting into it. Uh, again, I'm not going to be picking up much. I'm not going to be buying all the packs. Just buying this, the boxes to get the, the Lord of the Rings experience. And probably just summon a couple of individual packs here if I see... Um, sort of any particular cards that I really want to put in the deck or, or, or decks that I'll be playing I'm hoping to get a, a big four-man game on the go which isn't something I've been able to do at the point of recording this so I'm really hoping soon I'll be able to get a big four-man game on the go and, and, and give these scenarios especially that first scenario so I can, I can get a feel for the actual big big play mechanics of the game uh, and really see how it how it f holds up um I love playing Marvel Champions as a as a big four man. I love playing Arkham Horror as a big four man. I think there's something to be said about having those big games with different people. It's cool being able to play it solo, especially during the sort of lockdowns. But I think for me, having that social interaction with other people and and having having what my friend, 
make Love and Me referred to as, as sort of the banter that we have around the actual table when we're playing is is is, is awesome. Um, so that'll be it for this week. Uh, we'll go through the old housekeeping again. Big Boss Book Club at Instagram, Big Boss Zero One Zero on Twitter. You can go to the link trees on both those pages. Get links there for Cheap Shot Entertainment, Squared Circle Jobbers, uh, the Big Boss Book Club Kofi page. Um, please help. Please support. Please like. Please subscribe. Um, thank you so much for joining me this week. We'll be back next week. I'm Big Boss. I'm out. Peace.